What's your favorite? Don't. God, that's awful. Favorite? Awful. Awful. And welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films against negative reviews. As always, I'm Luke, the red-nosed reindeer, and with me as always is Charlie. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm great, mate. How about yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Do you have a guest for the second week of Christmas? I do. Returning guest for the third time. Oh, for the third time. For the third time, yeah. really likes to be here then. Sean Grimsley, welcome to the party, pal. Ha <laughs> 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 Hey, Sean. How Hello, you doing? guys. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, Good. welcome back again. Thank you for having me. Third time's the charm. Third time is the charm. What have you been up to? Anything interesting? What have I been doing? I've been working a lot. Been to a lot of countries, filming a documentary about climate change. We're all screwed. There's no hope for us, unfortunately. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. that's what I've learned. That's what it sounds. Uh, watching any good films during that time as well? Oh, many since I've last seen you. In fact, I went to the London Film Festival, mm. did uh, 20 films in 10 days. <laughs> that, that is... Saw some good stuff. A lot of films. Yeah, one of which is Knives Out, which is probably still in cinemas. So do go check it out. It, it is? Yeah. Yes, I... Uh... Love that movie. It's a strong film. My favourite of the year, Next to Marriage Story. What else have you watched this week, though, Charlie? I've watched all eight Star Wars movies. Well, well, you're saying all and eight, but you're you're missing the two, though. But what what about Rogue One and Solo? Well, and the Christmas special. And the Christmas specials. Well... Because you've got the Ewok movie as well. Mm, I was going to do it. You make quite a claim there, and, and... I was going to do it, but my friends pushed out, oh. so uh, <laughs> uh, we couldn't do it. I was all up for it, but you know, and they barely made it through. Oh, okay, fair. okay. So, so of the main eight, did, did you have fun? Did you come to any conclusions? Yeah, I did actually. I was quite surprised with how well-paced The Phantom Menace was, which I was really shocked by. Okay. Attack of the Clones is definitely the worst. Revenge of the Sith is definitely the best of the prequels. Return of the Jedi surprised me in that... The Last Jedi is definitely better, which I was really shocked by. Really? Yeah. It's not quite pace as well as the other two. I mean, Empire's Empire's still the best. New Hope's still the second best. Force Awakens, I think, has not aged well. No, it's not aged well. That's not the right way to say it. I don't know. It just it just didn't... Especially when you watch all of the Star Wars movies together, you really notice like how much it lacks sort of bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. And I think that was the problem. I think once you've watched a lot of Star Wars movies, it's kind of like, oh, now we're going to watch basically all of them. Would you know I mean? Like what we've seen already again, but just a bit more polished. Would you know what I mean? Or just a bit more new. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's good. And I really like the new ca- the new characters that are introduced and the way they do it. I think that's brilliant. Um, I think to me, it's, it's stuff like the sort of how underwhelming the sort of the space battle is when they blow up the, uh, Starkiller base, like it's kind of just happens. It does. There's no tension in it. All the color end stuff's great. Again, I think he's the best thing out of the new films. And yeah, and then for me, The Last Jedi solidified to me as one of the best Star Wars movies. I love it. I, I still won't get to this day. But yeah, other than that, no, not much. Yeah, how about yourself, Luke? Have you watched anything? Done anything this week? So I watched two shorts and a feature. Okay. Uh, the two shorts I watched were the two Frozen shorts, uh, Frozen Fever and <laughs> Olaf's Adventure, because <laughs> I saw, law. It, it was one of those, <laughs> I, like, after watching Frozen 2, I was like, okay, let's just see what these two were like. 
I looked on Amazon and they're like £10 a piece because it's like DVDs. Mm. Apart from Frozen Fever is basically just a long music video. It is like less than five minutes long. For £10? Yeah, and it's like, joke. if you want to buy it, it's £10. You, I had to watch it in two parts on YouTube and I was like, this is good enough for me. Yeah. And it is, it's just a music video. It's just a music video whilst Elsa's sick. But it draws in so many more questions about what the fuck her powers can do. <laughs> because... So of course I've not just... seen any of the Frozen films, so oh, I, I don't really even know what they're about. Oh, really? I just I just know that John Travolta can't say the woman that sings that song's name. That's literally <laughs> the extent of my Frozen knowledge. And that's that's all you really need to. In no. Banjura Banjolini. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so of course I'm sure you've seen like trailers and stuff. Or no, n- nothing. I've nothing. I've seen oh, wow. I've, I've seen posters on the side of the bus, and I know let it go. That's it. Oh, okay. Uh, well, slight spoiler. Uh, Elsa has ice powers, but that's not yeah. where she can turn things end. to ice. Yeah. Oh no, no, not just that. She can just <laughs> make ice. What, yeah. for, for from my, nothing. For from my air. refreshments. Yeah. She <laughs> can cause a winter. She can cause an like eternal storm. Wind. Essentially. Okay. Imagine like Iceman ice and Storm combined. Yeah. Sort of thing, but just ice. Okay. But then it gets mm. weirder. Because in the second one, oh, well, not in the second one, no, in, I in Frozen Fever, in Frozen Fever, is which is called, has, the second one's called, Fro- no, 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 the, so the it, it's Frozen, and then they released two short films because they weren't making Frozen 2 fast, fast enough, enough yeah. and then Frozen 2 has been released this year. Okay. But in Frozen Fever, Elsa gets a cold, and- How? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good question. Yeah, that's a really interesting. <laughs> is it actually one giant metaphor for depression? Well, that, that's the first film, according to some reviews. Oh. But you can find out more. And it yeah, is yeah. frozen awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, so that that's like a side effect. So she has a cold and it affects her power slightly. But unrelated to that, so she can just make clothes as well as part of her powers. What? No. Hey, in the first film, when during Let It Go, oh, shit, she yeah, completely she yeah, changes yeah. her dress, changes her hair, that? using her powers. Mm. In this one, mm-hmm. she... Changes her dress to green, yeah, which has isn't on 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 a spectrum of ice, to my knowledge. <laughs> That's true. But also moves flowers. Wait, this is so confusing. Wait, mm-hmm. does, they, does this address at all in the second one? No. Moves the only them emotionally? thing in no no like telekinesis. telekinesis. Yeah, telekinesis <laughs> moves flowers. That doesn't make any sense. Sounds I like need she's to watch Matilda. All of these mm. Now, I want to know. I was very confused. But anyway, on that subject though, mm-hmm. Matilda did make me laugh. <laughs> I see someone posted on Twitter. So, a postcard said that Tarantino prefers Frozen to Tangled. Oh, no, Tangled to Frozen. Tangled to Frozen. And uh, someone was like, I know why. And it and posted a picture uh. of the fact that in Tangled, she's barefoot for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense, because in funny. Frozen 2, you've got that lovely shot of Elsa's feet. So, probably trying to get <laughs> Tarantino to love the second Frozen <laughs> film. There you go. The feature that I watched, though was Knives Out. So it was yes, actually quite interesting choice. that you both brought it up. Good choice. And I, I agree with both of you wholeheartedly that it is amazing. It's incredible. It is potentially, there's still like a couple of weeks left of the year. It might be film of the year for me. Oh, yeah, that's same. nice. Because it's yeah. just, ah. Oh, oh, I'm so glad you me. liked it. I'm so glad you liked it because I was hyping it for weeks, wasn't you I? You were. And I was worried like, yeah, Joey, you can you put, put people in with a sort of expectation. I didn't want to like... Luckily... Since you watched it and hyped it, mm. you've then quietened down quite considerably. I didn't want to. And go thus, too much. when it finally came out and I watched it, it was as if you never said a oh, thing. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> That's good. 
Also, I was in a completely empty screen on my own, and it was the fucking best. <laughs> I had a that's kind of sad. That's funny. That's where Mate, we differ because I'm like, he loves office. it. I, I I like a full packed house. That's no, like, I mean like for the box office receipts. Oh, yeah, Although is, I think uh, it's overperforming, so I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was like one of those screens where everyone hadn't finished work yet, and of course it's a fifteen. So if you it was yeah. a weekday, if, yeah, oh, weekday yeah. hadn't finished work, oh, like a good Friday so. afternoon movie mm. like that. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. So it was nice. It was nice and quiet, and I could just enjoy it and soak it all up. And it was ah, oh, it's good times. It was great times. Nice. So Sean, you're back again. I am third like, time. Shady. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask though, what is what is this film, and is it as controversial as the last two that you've brought with us? I think the the last two films I've brought were very. Uh, not mainstream so this, that is one word for it yeah, yeah. yeah so so this so this time we've gone with something a little bit more popular okay although not during production but you know upon release the 80s classic die hard die hard yes die hard. oh okay and for those at home who either haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently could you give us a nice plot synopsis of the film a New York City police officer who is visiting LA to see his wife, who is quite distant from and has been apart from for six months, gets embroiled in what you think is a terrorist attack, but turns out to be a robbery in a building. And he is the only thing between them and their goal. That was a terrible summation. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say it was perfect. You it's wrapped it all quite nicely. Part disaster movie, part action film, part romantic comedy, part bromance. It's it's got everything you need in a movie, Charlie. I, I would call this one one of Charlie's perfect movies. Correct, oh, really perfect action movie. Mm. Oh god, yes, I would say does everything it wants to do and more. But here we go. Really, mm. you, you wouldn't say it was um, I don't know awful. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't indeed. And, and and you wouldn't say it was awful. I wouldn't say it was awful at all. I think it's timeless. Ah, I agree. Ah, that's that's so heartwarming during the season. For a film that is fucking awful, <laughs> Reveka G says, with a one-star review, very weak performances, none of the characters are fleshed out, the plot is very predictable, full of vomit-inducing melodrama cliches, and the so-called Germans, who do not understand German, are pathetic. Basically, the whole point of the movie is in... Bruce Willis running around showing off his muscles, which are not even sexy. <laughs> Watching it is such a waste of time. Where to begin? First of all, what was their name? Reveka. 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 Oh, okay. All right. So, so Reveka, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> yep. And next question. <laughs> next review. I mean, yeah, yeah. We can make this a well short episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're uh, basic. Um, I I think this movie starts and begins with the script, which there's only one word to describe it for me, and it's a hyphenated word because actually it's two words. Airtight. There's not a second of this script that doesn't need to be there. I agree. Everything that pays off at the end is set up from the opening shot. It's magnificent. I also think they were talking about the cliches. I mean, this movie created a lot of those cliches, you know, like the whole cop who hasn't, you know, used his gun in a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's been there before, but like, you know, that's the one we all think of. So like, it's kind of hard to, I, it's quite hard sometimes with these reviews because sometimes people are watching it to in like 2019, for example, and they don't have any of the context. They've seen all these other movies that have ripped these movies off. And then by the time they got to the actual film they're like well i've seen this a million times so it's like it's kind of difficult but you, you have to understand sort of the, the context of the time and but without that i mean i mean this film's a fucking blast like what are you, what are you talking about like i just 
I don't know how anyone could watch this movie and just not have fun with it. Like it's, I mean, we watch it usually every Christmas, don't every we? Every Christmas. Um, we watched it at the Prince Charles last year. Yeah. And it's just a, a fucking wild ride. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's like, it's so quotable. Also, what's great about John McClane is, is that he's like, out of all the action heroes, he's one of the closest to like the everyman, isn't he? Is he is the ultimate everyman. Yeah. Well, this was actually one of the reasons, like you're talking about the context of the film. Mm. When when the film was actually being made, he was a TV rom-com star. Like he he was, and they, they said when the trailers first came out for Die Hard, that when Bruce Willis popped up on the screen, audiences laughed and some audiences booed because they were like, this looked like a good film and Bruce Willis is in it. Because this was the movie that made him the Bruce Willis that we now know yeah. him to be. It's his defining performance, and it, I think it always will be. I don't think he'll ever come out of the shadow of John McClane. I agree. Maybe Butch, close second. From Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. yeah. But, like, he's John McClane, isn't yeah. he? Really? Yeah, he's John McClane. Yeah. And I tell you what I do like about this film as well is, is that they say things in it that make you believe that he is more everyday because the fact that, like, it's set in our world in a, in, a, in a sense of like they make references to Arnold Schwarzenegger like they, they the pop culture is referenced throughout the movie like so he, it feels even more like he exists rather than Arnold does in Commando do you know what I'm saying like I just the dialogue's so great because you get so much character out of it like when he's in the vent I, one of my favourite bits when he's in the in the vents he's coming for the vents and he goes, uh, yeah, come up to, to the, the coast, coast have a few beers. Exactly. Have your laugh. Like, you know I mean? That to me is why he's like one of the greatest action heroes because he's like, I feel like if any of us were in that situation, maybe we're not as cool as he is, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it, it's relatable dialogue, isn't it? I don't know. There's something. But it also makes him super vulnerable. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a, he's, it, the setup for that movie is incredible because mm. he is. One guy in a in a giant building full of terrorists, and he's got to stop them all. It's a great Superman story, but yeah. it's just he, no, shoes. A, no shoes, no shoes, yeah. none yeah. whatsoever. Um, there's something really vulnerable about that as well. Not having shoes on, where there's glass everywhere, and you know what I mean. Like, uh, it adds that other element of like he can't really do. So there's already so much he can do, but then I, I get I think it benefits him in some ways where he can get a bit more of a grip of it. I don't know. He's like he's a bit more silent, isn't he, when he's taken out? And the movie balances the way in which we understand that character because we're like, what the hell? you you're instantly put in his lack of shoes, but his his shoes. <laughs> you're like, well, how how would I survive this situation? What would I do? And the great thing about the movie is the majority of the things that he does you probably wouldn't think of, but as soon as you see them on screen, they act, they all make sense. Yeah. They all make sense. He never really puts a foot wrong. No. It never gets too... It gets crazy, but it never gets too unbelievably ludicrous like you would in something like an Arnold film. Like, yeah, okay, maybe he's falling from a vent and he catches the vent and maybe that might, you know, pull your arms out your sockets or wet, or like you're, you're swinging from this thing to kick the glass open or whatever, but like, they still feel like a possibility. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not... You know what I mean? Obviously, this is a wild scenario that's happening, but like, I, f- I still feel like that is something that could happen. Do you know what I'm saying? I, don't I know. completely agree. And I think what I love about it as well is, is is the relationship between him and the cop. Yeah, they never see each other. It's all done through them talking, but there's like such a bromance. like Such a bromance. And it comes back to why he's in this place in the first place. This movie is... John McClane is flying to LA to apologize to his wife mm. and he never that he spends the whole movie not being able to do that and the only when he thinks that he's going to die the only way that he can apologize to his wife is through his best friend yeah. and the sequence in the bathroom where he's apologizing to his wife it's still one of it, it, it might even be the best apology in a movie ever yeah. because it feels real yeah 
it's an incredibly well written piece of dialogue there. Definitely, and I think yeah, I think that's one of my favorite scenes actually because 100. I think again going back to that every man thing. When do you ever really see your action heroes like shed a tear and open up? Like I don't know. I just I, I, that's what I like about John McClane. He's he's real. You know, he's not always. I mean, yeah, he's got this act of like I mean, he is cool as a cucumber, but like he's got this act as well of like you know nothing. But he's playing up to that because I think that's his way of dealing with the situation, isn't it? But then when you to see him break down on that about that, it's just like you need you need that moment for the audience to really connect with him. And even though we already want him to win, now we really want him to win. Do you know what I'm saying? We really want him to get rid of these terrorists um, or bank robbers. Or... <laughs> yeah, I really like the journey of his vest as well. Yes, <laughs> just, yeah. just, it's pure white at the beginning, and then at the end, it's it's not. It's, yeah, no. and it's just disgusting. And it's like just take that off and put that into the bin. Don't even wash it. Just throw it away. No, yeah. I, I just love as well the like you saying about everything set up straight away at the start. You said, and what I, what I love is that uh, his wife's given a watch by uh, what's his name, Bobby. Elliot, yeah, Elliot, my boy Elliot. Uh, one of the funniest things. Hey, the Hans, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> God, he's a dick. Yeah, he's, he's, so he's good, fucking, He plays it fantastic. Though. He does. He does. Um, he gives you know his wife a watch. And at the end, the very thing that kills Hans is them detaching that watch. And it always—it tells you so much. It tells you like, it almost tells you they're willing to let go of like what their, their argument's been recently. And we know, therefore, after this moment, that they're going to try and make their relationship work. Like, yep. maybe I'm looking into it too much, but I feel no. like that's that's what that's the that's kind of what they're symbolising with that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put it there for it to to be oh, no, the it's, final thing. It's about thing how to... Elliot is always a presence. And he's always a dick to the point where he's almost the reason she died. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. I also never knew until I looked this up that Alan Rickman actually did fall from that. He did. He did a 40 foot drop. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, a 40 foot drop. He agreed to do it. And he told a story once and he was talking about how they were very smart because it was the last thing he shot for the movie. <laughs> of course. Perfect. And it took them all day to film that shot and the stunt team let him go on two. So they told him, right, we're going to drop yeah. you up on three. Yeah. And they dropped him on two. So, so that look in his yeah, eyes is shot. 100% is correct. Yeah. So iconic piece of cinema. No, it really is. That is. Full. I think the review there talked about terrible characters and how none of the characters are interesting mm-hmm. none was, of the characters are fleshed out yeah i i would i mean as is my role and purpose of this podcast <laughs> argue the complete opposite i think this film does something that the only other person that i think does this consistently and the reason that he's so well regarded amongst film fans is quentin tarantino every single character in this film is memorable down to the down to the smallest like even some of the hostages like you remember them they have they have a moment about them yeah. that that stands out but the if two you johnsons to, as well if you were to yeah the two johnsons <laughs> yeah. if you were to look at every single like principal member of the cast who's like integral to the story every single one of them is a fleshed out real character even those two news reporters on the air have a little like, yeah. back and mm. forth like the smallest of moments all memorable and i think when you have a script where all of the characters are that they stay with you like that, then I think you're onto something special. That's so true. I never actually thought of that. Every single character in this movie feels distinctly their own person. They're yep. not just there to deliver some sort of plot or dialogues. Like you said, the news reporter, the, what's it, the police chief. Yep. You know what I mean? The, yeah, yeah. Even everyone. The even, limo driver. Every one, Argon, of the, the, yeah. um, one of the terrorists who just gets a chocolate bar out yes. from under the counter while he's waiting for it. Yeah. It just gives them a moment. Like... 
Every single one of them. Yeah, literally everyone. Yeah, the, the code breaker guy who's cracking the case. He's um, got some yep. personality to him. Loads. Even the guy who's working at the front desk. The front desk guy. Guy. Yeah. Yep. Even the guy, the cop on the radio that speaks to John the whole movie. Al Powell. Oh, Powell, yeah. Powell, uh, uh, Sergeant Powell. Yeah. When he's buying the Twinkie before he even gets there, he has the conversation with the checkout guy and yeah. it's like, it stays with you. Yeah. And then every single thing gets called back to. Yep. Later on, he eats that Twinkie that's like off. John McClane does and then he just starts listing off everything that's in all the, the ingredients yeah. all the ingredients it's like everything in this movie is so tightly written it's 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 incredible I don't, I don't understand it's the, a perfect action movie as well it's set in one building the, the set the setup for everything starts from with the exception of the establishing shot of the plane landing mm. which maybe just tells you that he's a foreigner in a foreign land yeah. which is a classic cowboy thing as well yeah exactly. UPKA, Roy Rogers yeah. but from the first second we see John McClane we see that he's not a perfect man because he's scared of flying and you're like so the, first of all here's our hero and we the first thing we learn about him is there's a vulnerability you set up the you set up the reason why he will later have more vulnerability by wearing those shoes mm-hmm. with the guy next to him we set up the fact that he's a cop Yep. So that's kind of bad. And the last thing that happens when he gets off the plane suggests why him and his wife are having a bit of problem. There's this really gorgeous air stewardess that flirts with him and he looks back, but he carries on on his mission. Yeah. And it's like, like we're not even a minute maybe into the yeah. film and we've got all of that stuff and it all comes back later. Like my favourite, my favourite little detail in the movie it's how the production design sets up your understanding of where he is in the vent systems by yes. using the picture of a naked lady. Yes. Yeah, that's it, very clever. You get a character moment from him going, "Hey, honey," uh, because <laughs> because he is he wants to be this all American cowboy that goes <laughs> land to land, and yeah. you know it's that classic male archetype. But it but it's there so that when he loops back around later in the movie, you you have a sense of geography about this this building which yep. you would otherwise be lost in. So the tiniest details. It's so true. Like how big that building is, and you know every floor. I feel like you feel like you could do almost draw it all. It's like the overlooked hotel in that way. Yeah, you just know every corridor almost. Like I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, that's so true. The production night is. Yeah, it's just. Let me hear this next review because yeah, let's get that I, one. I just do do want to call out your your slight exaggeration because we have no idea what floors three to twenty eight look like. No, <laughs> no, no, we do. Do you know why though? Oh, because why? It, it, that building was actually owned by Fox, and it that it was actually full of their lawyers. So like they had they had the bottom three floors and like the top six because they were the ones that were still under construction, but everything in between was a functioning office. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, so our next half star review is from Juan, California. A state full of sexy babes and queers. Dear Americans, our freedom and safety is in danger by the evil left, and look what those terrorists want to do. Also, Poor child killer cop. Mmm. Poor Mr. Baby Cop. I wonder, will he also shoot his own kid when he sees his kid draw a fake gun on him? Incredible how much weird propaganda one can fit into a movie. You let me in, or I'll call the INS. What a movie. (laughs) I think it's hinting at the the very, like, right-wing... American gun control yeah. propaganda that's present in this film, which you can't deny. Like there is like an element of this film is like, look how cool it is to have a gun. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like even, but yeah. even the terrorists, like who they're saying like the left wingers, like it's all about grabbing what you can take, and you need a gun to do it. Like, yeah. But I think the movie is self-aware enough that it's kind of playing the comedy angle on those action tropes. 
you know, it is embracing a lot of action tropes. It, it, I mean, it is an action film. But the, the amount of humour and comedy in this film, I think it, it it's almost it's almost parodying... 100%. Not itself, because I think the film rises above the it. The genre. But the genre, mm. massively so. Especially it's, the Arnold Schwarzenegger line. Oh, yeah. I got enough explosives to blow up Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I don't know. For me, you know, this is escapist cinema. You know, this isn't... I don't... This film's not telling you to think differently about the world. It's, it's for you to have a great time um, and... You know, films can can be that sometimes. I think sometimes, if you look into any film, you'll find what you want to see. You know what I mean? And you know, this person sees that. Fair enough. But it's not. I mean, yeah, I guess it you know promotes this, but I don't. I don't think they the filmmakers intentionally thought that whilst they was making it. I think this, we're gonna we're gonna make a great action movie. And yeah, you're right about the humor. Like, there's even there's so <laughs> there's even like really silly bits of humor that always make me laugh. Like the cop who like gets stung by a but, petal. Yeah, he gets he's oh, walking yeah, yeah, through yeah, a yeah. rose bush. It's a rose bush. He goes, ow! <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> A great, it's just hilarious. You like, don't see that in a Marvel movie. No, 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 no. It's just brilliant. Like every gag, there's like visual gags like that. Like you don't really need to have it. Just it just it humanizes everyone. Everyone feels like they they real that they they real. Everyone they real. feels like they, they real, are yeah. real. They real. No, no, it's too late. We said this. Too many times. <laughs> they real. They real. What I like as well, a piece of dialogue which subverts it, is when Alan Rickman's listing off his demands. And he's like, this person that's there, release them, release these guys, release these guys. And then Carl just like looks over him and he's like, oh yeah, I read about them in the uh, newspaper in, in yesterday. Time magazine, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Because like, that's the thing. The villain is just as good as the fucking protagonist. Alan and that's, that's Rickman it. is just it's as important incredible. to that film as Bruce. And you can see in the sequel in Die Hard 2 like Bruce Willis like there's some great ideas in Die Hard 2 but the Definitely. one thing it's lacking is Alan yes. like and and it's the one thing they got right about the third movie I agree is that they tying it back but you, it took someone like Jeremy Irons to like you know mm. someone of that talent and that calibre who could but Alan Rickman hams it up so much his whole approach like when he when he first comes onto the scene his whole he plays it like he's a preacher delivering a sermon he's literally mm. holding up his bible and giving this sermon, it's amazing. What I love about it is, like, he feels almost like the flip side to John McClane. Yeah. Like, if John McClane was a villain, he'd be like him. And I Absolutely. think that's what's so, that's why they're so perfect as, like, protagonist antagonist is that he's just as, like, muggy and, like, Jeremy, like, quippy as John McClane is. And just as intelligent as well, if not, you know, more in places. I mean, my favorite scene in the movie is when Hans meets John and he pretends to be one of the civilians. I mean, one thing, it's the most, still one of the most original ways that we've seen a protagonist and antagonist meet and have a conversation without having them be arrested, put in prison, and just for them to escape, like we've seen a million times now since The Dark yeah. Knight. And I don't know, you really get to see the sort of, he can do anything to get him, worm his way out of a situation. But then having the, it's like this battle of wits with John with the gun, like it's, it's, uh, it's hard not to gush over this movie because it's, it's every, everything about Every it. setup gets a payoff. And yeah. I think every single one of those payoffs completely satisfies. Yeah. And almost, even Argyle. <laughs> yeah, even Argyle. Like, and I, I always forget at the end, it's, it's, what's so great about it is like, the movie could end after they've, after Hans has dropped. 100%. But then we get like, then we're like, oh shit, you're giving me more stuff I didn't realise I wanted and it's tying everything up. Like, when he pulls out the gun, I always forget about it every time. I don't know why. Like, I know it's coming. Every time I watch it, I always forget by that point. And I'm oh, like, when Carl pulls out the gun. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Yes, he's going to, he's going to do that. He hasn't put, he's got, this is the moment where, yeah. you know, 
you which, finally which is that pro gun th- guess, agenda yeah, that yeah, they're talking yeah, about. But, yeah, but, yeah. It's a, but it's a satisfying character, character moment. Yeah, it's exactly. almost like one of those things. I used to think the same way about that. I'm like that. That's the most on the nose guess, kind of yeah, like right wing part of the movie. Yeah. But it satisfies his character, and I think the way that I have kind of not made peace with it because I didn't need to make peace with it. But the way that I've kind of like f- figured that out as making sense in the context of the movie and the character is that police officers in America have guns because other people have guns. Hmm. You know, I I don't want to get into political debate about what my feelings are on guns and stuff, but like in the context of him having a gun in that situation, that's why a police officer should have a gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it. And that's what I like about it is I think it shows you the flip side is that the problem with it is what happens to him prior to that is that he pulls it out and does kill someone. Yeah. And, I think it's showing, you know, the Both complicated of issue that, yeah. of it, that it's not quite. Yeah, neither you know, side obvious. is perfect. Yes, it's oh, no guns. Okay, so Al doesn't have a gun. The guy has a gun. Bruce Willis and Al dead. Yeah, he does have a gun. This kid doesn't have a gun. This is bad. This so it's shown both sides of the argument. Yeah, I, that's good. what I think. So that's how I always took it. But yeah, it's yeah, it's, a, it's a complicated issue. But I don't think this movie is the movie that deals with it. You know. It's not a movie. It's not, it's not a movie that. about that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's at, at its core, this movie is pure escapism. I agree. Yeah. What I like, just slightly off center of that, is that Carl is the first person to kill someone, and he, apart from Al, who's the good guy, is the last person to shoot as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh. I'm pretty sure he's the one that kills the security guard, the original security guard. I thought it was the tech guy that kills the security guard. No, um, maybe they, no, they go in together. Yeah, they yeah, go yeah, in together, together. You're right. And he, and he just him. jumps over the chair. He yeah. just kicks him off. Yeah, because he goes, you're right, yeah. yeah, and in the last quarter, bang, and then Carl shoots him. But that, again, that sequence where, where the tech guy kicks him off, show, like he doesn't have any other violence in the movie. Like he doesn't pull a gun on anyone. He does anything else. But it shows you what a cold, heartless person it is. Like mm. you still get that character arc. It's like you, you know who he is. Yep. And then you just prove it even more throughout the movie. Mm. Like... When he's like, oh, can you crack this code? Uh, Han says to, to, to him and he oh, says... Yeah, you, uh, you didn't hire me for my charming you, personality. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you can tell he's a bit, he's arrogant and oh, he yeah. doesn't give a shit, really. He just, you know, he's, his ego's through the roof. Sort of but thing. then you could, like, going off this review slightly again, you could argue that that's why the tech guy doesn't die. He's the I'm, uh, unless yeah. I'm he's the only mistaken, one that doesn't he's actually the kill anyone. One. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't kill yeah, anyone yeah. and he's also the only terrorist that doesn't get killed. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. I'm surprised they haven't brought him back for a sequel. Like, given that he's alive, like, he could serve some purpose. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a very good point. We'll talk yeah. afterwards. Yeah, mm. yeah. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> Time to write Let's some pictures. <laughs> Get my agent on the phone, yeah. see? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so our next negative review is from Danny Ray. This movie bored me into a comatose state. I would rather slam my head against a wall for two hours than watch this again. It's outdated and offensive stereotypes, violence, and melodrama create this non-family-friendly, exhausting, one-dimensional snore-fest. I'd give a higher review to a Saw movie with Santa Claus hats, haphazardly edited onto the heads of every character or a horribly unfunny TV series like Friends with only Frosty the Snowman on constant loop in the background. 
That review bored me into a comatose state. <laughs> yes. I would rather smash my head against a wall for two hours. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did kind of go off a bit on the end. And also dissing friends in the middle. Like, yeah. what are we yeah, doing? Well. It's because Bruce Willis was also in Friends. Maybe that's the episode that she'd be willing to watch. That would be amazing. Can you imagine a Die Hard movie set in the Friends building? <laughs> with Ross, that's with, the Ross, special with, with Ross Geller that's the as special. the Samuel Jackson character from Die Hard Perfect. 3. Oh, and it's got to be the Christmas special. Phoebe, would, that's how you do it. Phoebe yeah, yeah, yeah. would totally be the the hands Gruber mastermind yeah. of the whole thing. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and she's got a twin sister for the sequel. <laughs> Beautiful. <They're> done. <laughs> I uh, and they they the, the way that they trigger the bomb on the roof is they go. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, we've got to pitch this. <laughs> get my agent on the phone again. See, yeah, they're always talking about how they want to do a Friends movie, so this can there be the go. one crossover. <laughs> it's crossover. Who would have thought? What would the title be? <laughs> Friends die hard. <laughs> Friends die harder. I'll be oh. dead for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be dead. I'll be dead for you. Please die hard. Pivot. <laughs> But yeah, so it's I forgot outdated. What the reviews are. Outdated. Our offensive stereotypes. First thing I said about this movie was that it was timeless. I think you can put this in front of anyone that hasn't seen it before. With, with the context of knowing it was made when it was made because of the lack of mobile phones. That aside, I think this movie would play just as well for anybody. I agree. Of any, you give this to a twelve-year-old. I know it's a fifteen or an eighteen now, but you know, but I, saw, on, I saw it when I was twelve, and I yeah, totally got it. Let's actually talk about this for a bit because I, I think there's, there's there's very different types of films that I would find that are rated a certain rating that okay. I would show a kid. So, and I think this is one of them. And, and for me, it's because the violence is never really gruesome. It's never like it's never really nasty. And yeah, people are dying, there's blood coming everywhere, but it's like, the it's, tone is not, I can't put my finger on it. It's like, it's, it's pure catharsis and, and sort of... I think the only time the, the, the kind of violence on screen is remotely graphic yeah. is when he's pulling the glass, the out, glass of out of his feet. feet but yeah. that's, that actually serves a purpose in yeah. terms of where the character is in that story. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, there was actually, there was actually a sound effect when he pulled that out, but um, the studio made them cut it because it was too gruesome. That's what made it too gruesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... But yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. There's just certain films to me, like Saw, I wouldn't show a, a kid. Not at all. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's good. It, yeah, of course. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's torture and it's like, it's hard to watch, right? Whereas like Die Hard, I don't know, like I could sell a kid that that's ketchup rather than something Saw. Do you know what I'm saying? There's the, there is levels to an 18, I feel like. Uh, or is it 15? Sorry, if I, I think it, I think it was an 18 when it came out. Which is yeah. crazy because I think it'd be a 15 now. Oh, it would absolutely 100%. be a 15, no question. Um, I always find it weird that I think the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is rated like an 18. Yeah, which really? It's really strange because I think that's like a 12 now. It's like probably <laughs> it probably costs money to get it re-rated, so yeah. they don't really you know that is at true. that point it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it, that, that review was a bit annoying as well because it's just like the person made didn't make any points it just said words I don't know it was just sort of like it's it's stereotypes doesn't it didn't really quite explain those points so it's quite difficult to sort of um, rebuttal you know rebuttal rebuttal I don't know why I turned into a walking I don't know either uh, hi <laughs> can you imagine if Bobby he's, he's the only person that could have played that Rickman part Oh yes, he's yes. the only other person yeah, that could do it. I and, agree. And also, one of the you know when they before Bruce signed on to do the film, everybody else passed. The only at the list of people that I read, the only one that I think might have been able to pull it off because he has that kind of every guy mm. kind of down on his luck thing was uh, was uh, James Khan. 
Yeah, yeah, I can I see can, that. You can see him in the vest. Yeah, yeah. It's just he's got a similar look to yeah, Bruce Willis, where you can believe that the world just is always kind of against him. Yeah. I would have took Burt Reynolds, though. Burt Reynolds, yeah. I, took, I know people say that. No, I think he would have gone too comedy. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? He true, hasn't got true. the... Yeah, that is true. He probably would have gone too far. He's not an everyman. He's Burt Reynolds. You I, know, know, I know, I know. That's true. Something too wacky about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay. love Burt. I'm a fan of Ernie. <laughs> okay, so this is a one out of ten or a half star by Mary Newcomb 2013. This is not a good movie. No, but nobody's going to argue that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't worry. There's more to that. It's quite the pinter moment. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to scream with rage. <laughs> I remember when the trailer for this first hit TV before it came out, and the first thing I thought... First Blood. John J. Rambo took on a small town police department and weekend warriors all by himself in First Blood. He did nothing wrong, just wanted something to eat. Die Hard, a single man, takes on terrorists in L.A. Copycat. One last thing, this action thriller is not a Christmas movie. I'm really glad we got to this point. Yeah, yeah. It was, really it was, it, we, we couldn't avoid it, really, could we? So earlier when I talked about how this every character in this film is memorable, I think the thing that defines a Christmas movie isn't necessarily that it's set at Christmas. I mean, I think it, it has to be. But yeah. it's not it's not the defining aspect of that movie. What's defined about it is that it's something that you can re-watch again and again and again because it comes around every year. Mm. And it's like... The reason that Home Alone works is because every scene and every character is memorable. Mm. Die Hard follows the same principles. Every character stays with you. Every scene in that movie needs to be there. And I go into, I watch this movie every Christmas. So, if I, I, the last five years I've gone to see it at the cinema. One year I went twice, um, <laughs> like a week apart. <laughs> and I never get bored of it. No. And I think for me, we'll ultimately define it as it can be a Christmas movie. However, I also go further and say it transcends its Christmas theme settings because if I watch this in the middle of July, it still works. Yeah, yeah, no. For me, it's more about a Christmas spirit thing. And I, I, there's something about the fact that the movie to me is not just John McClane, you know. There is these big group of people that are kind of helping him and not helping him. And there is just something in the air. You can't. I, I said this last week with um, Love Actually. There's just something... It captures for me that's ultimately the Christmas spirit. There's something. It's even when it gets dark, it never quite goes there. It's it's still got this this jolly you know feel about it, and especially the it it just it just feels like it's a Christmas, and that's not just because there's lights. I don't I I, I can't put my finger on it, but also I think it's the kind of spirit of it and the sort of everyone coming together and like yeah, we'll, we'll bring our kids you know to get ice cream together and stuff. Like I just there's just I don't know. It's just there's something about that to me that it just it feels Christmassy I can't even though it's in LA and it's sunny and hot I don't know why it just feels Christmassy because the journey that John McClane goes on is one of of, of fear and terror mm. and blood and violence just and, like every and Christmas just like every Christmas <laughs> and at, home the, alone. at the end <laughs> at the end of his Christmas journey he, him and his wife realised that it was all worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it go. brings the family together. Is that, it does. It's, it is the metaphor for Christmas. There you go. It's a metaphor for it's Christmas. It's there. You know, That's so true. You know, the, the vents, the Christmas shopping cues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
is true. The, the the terrorists are like a little family, but they're you know, you know. Oh, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> they're like the Black Friday sale people. <laughs> yeah, like come charge, yeah, like yeah. steal a TV off you. That's a great idea for a Die Hard movie. Set it in like a, a <laughs> set it in a shopping mall during Black, during Friday. Black Friday. Done. <laughs> Uh, that's perfect. It's, even though, it's even called, though they get discounts. And, and you can call it Black, Black Friday. Friday. God, we're, we're pitching some, we're really we're pitching some fastballs here today. <laughs> get in contact with us, you know. Guys, what's going on? Call in Who's now. <laughs> yeah, if you want the deets, we'll, uh, you know, if anyone wants to get these movies made, please contact us. Me and Sean are ready. I am uh, curious. I can I, this isn't review related. I'm just curious. What 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 do you guys think about the the more recent Die Hard outings? Okay, and by which I mean four and five. If if I may jump in first. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I've not seen them. Okay. Is uh, you've seen one, two, three? I've seen one, two, three. Okay, and it, and it, then they continued, and I was like, cool. <laughs> well, what happens with me is that I watch. I love a franchise, for example, and then someone will say to me, who I trust, do not watch these other movies and because there's thousands of movies i need to watch anyway i'm like well my mates didn't like it and that means i'm probably you depending on the person means i'm not gonna like that movie and i can watch i can spend my time watching movies that i'm probably gonna like and get through this list of that never ends is this why you haven't watched matrix 3 yet well one of the reasons actually (laughs) but this person actually was was the man sitting to my right which is sean who told me you're not to bother with the the other twos and just watch the original three and i'm thankful for him because the the first three are fantastic i i especially really love die with vengeance i I actually don't think it gets spoken about enough no it's 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 not it's not well regarded it's not and i don't know why because i think it's really well written and i know it was supposed to be a different film called simon says right i think it was no that was three that was three Oh, Die Hard with Vengeance. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it yeah, was sorry. a completely different film. Yeah, Die Hard 2 is Die Harder, right? Die Harder, yeah. yeah. So sorry. Die Hard with Vengeance is what I think is like a perfect sequel to me. To me. I completely uh, agree. When I, once I watched that, I was like, this is fucking great. I don't, I can't actually quite see what else you could really do with John. John Die Hard anyway doesn't necessarily feel like a movie that you could make another movie about. I, I, maybe one more. I can't really see it. It being, do you know what I'm saying? I was, I'm surprised they made all these other. The premise, I, no, but what I think what they struck gold with with Die Hard was Bruce Willis. Yes, yes, I agree. It is that, isn't it? And I think what they neglected from the sequel, Die Harder, was realizing that he needed a villain equally as good mm. as the first movie. And yeah. the villain in two is almost not present. He yeah. does they're, they're, like I, I remember who it is, but like. I don't really remember any scenes other than the naked kung fu in yeah, the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what Which you clip. Mm. Do you remember now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember now. It, it, it took me a second. Yeah. But yeah, he's not really. Don't it's, lie. It's all you like all him over the phone talking to the radio people, being like, hey, do as I say, or I'm going to kill everyone on a plane. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas I always remember that. Die Hard with a Vengeance, it stripped away, stripped away the formula of the single location. But when we're just going to have a series of ticking clocks mm-hmm. in the busiest city in the world, which yeah. is genius. Like, yeah. but you, they restored what worked about one more than anything, which is John McClane with a very interesting sidekick, yep, and an incredible villain. Yep. Holy shit! I've just realised that Die Hard One and Die Hard Three are Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Literally, they actually are. Oh yeah, yeah. they actually yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is very true. Do you reckon that's how they like thought about with the games? They were like, we can do the first one like that. <laughs> first one will be Die Hard, just Arkham Asylum. It will be Vengeance. <laughs> vengeance, the entire city. <laughs> Go for it. Brilliant. I will say this about 4. 4 has... The, the villain in 4... Um, 
Four feels like a movie that people that don't really understand technology now are trying to make a movie about how the internet works. <laughs> really? Like, it doesn't quite land. The scope of it is too big. Yeah. They put, like, the way they partnered John McClane up with Justin Long is that thing of, like, I'm old school cop. And he's like, I do computers. Oh, really? And it's the like, classic. It's one of those... Mm. Timothy Oliphant does do the right thing as the villain, though. He Timothy ha- Oliphant's the villain? Now and, I want to watch and that. And he got what worked with the previous Die Hard villains, which was go completely over the top. top. Yeah. But he has no presence mm. as a threat. And and unfortunately, it doesn't land. It also has one of the dumbest action scenes I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> which is John McClane versus uh, an F-16 fighter. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I've but seen that. Clip. But it's things like that that... Uh, <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me because like the point of the first one is that he isn't one of those action heroes yeah. he isn't yeah, Arnold pulls away from the everyman yeah like trope. He, he, he's not gonna fight a fucking what is it a jet uh, yeah it's a fighter jet yeah it's a fighter jet jeez and then five which I can't a good day to die hard yeah I think, I think so with his son with, yeah. yes with his son played by Jai Courtney oh yeah I don't even think Bruce Willis paged it in like he didn't send a text message he didn't send a voice memo <laughs> He, he just happened to he be didn't there. didn't even page it in. Was like, it Wesley Snipes in Blade Freeze level? I, I, honestly, <laughs> it was it was like someone had you know when you know when you've taken your cat to the vet and it's like had some like it's had an operation but the sleeping agent hasn't quite worn off yet. So <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. Cat, your cat's kind of wandering about. That's Bruce Willis for that whole movie. Amazing. It's not John McClane. That, it, it's uh, not John McClane, no. and it's just Bruce Willis. Whereas at whatever least, he feels like that day, at mm. least four had he was still playing John McClane a little bit. Okay, but um, by the time also by the time he got to five, and I'm not kidding you, he he cannot be affected by radiation. Excuse what? me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? He 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 is immune to radiation. John McClane. John McClane. <laughs> what the the fuck comes up with this shit sometimes like how do you think how can you watch Die Hard 1 and go yep you know what radiation don't yeah. work on it I can tell I can tell just don't, what? I don't understand it's all, understand it's all, all set in Russia and it is it, they go to a nuclear fallout site and it's like yeah he's immune to radiation the fuck <laughs> <laughs> guys the, this... why what so basically, yeah, you, you hit the nail on that. Why didn't they go? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna write a new Die Hard. Let's just rewatch the first one and, yeah. and get inspiration from. No, no. Let's let's watch any random superhero movie. I guess well, it's just like it's as if they're like, oh, we got we got it's Die. Hard. We've got the title Die Hard, and we've got Bruce Willis. Let's just fucking do what we want. Like it's it, it's just like, well, it's gonna sell. It's just that, isn't it? It's, it's a bit sad, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, but, uh, these I, reviews I, should be talking about them movies. Well, their movies, not this. That's, that's think, not the review. That's what <laughs> I think would be interesting, though. It'd be inter- The people that don't like Die Hard, I'd be curious to show them something like Die Hard Five, <laughs> and be like, which movie's better? Like, just yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, something yeah. like, what do you think is better? I yeah. thought you were gonna be like, if they don't like Die Hard, I'm gonna get them to watch Die Hard Two, and then Die Hard Three, <laughs> and Die Hard Four. Just I, sit them down and make them watch them all if they don't Here's like my it. hope, though, right? Here's okay. My, here's my long-term hope. Mm. Bruce Willis is able to do a Vin Diesel and reinvigorate the franchise. Yes. You know, get Justin Lin on board. <laughs> yes. Do get it. The Rock. Do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, wasn't that what the, the tower? Get James Wan, mate. Get James Wan. James Wan yes. doing a Die Hard That'd movie. Amazing. I could not think of a better combination of things no. to happen. No, definitely not. Other than no. me. <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Right, on that positive note, that was the last negative review that we did 
That's God, how that's, good Die Hard that's, that's is. No. It's only what? three negative reviews. Yeah, there. No, it was four. It was four. Calm yourself. <laughs> calm yourself. It's more time than lack of reviews. It's gone so fast. Yeah. So, can you give a positive review, a recommendation on why anyone should watch this awful film? Die Hard is the greatest action film ever made. Done. Obama out. It's perfect, and it's got everything that you want from a film. It's it's got every scene is memorable, every character is memorable. The script is airtight, and it it has something that I think a lot of other films don't have, which is I can only think to say it in a mildly pretentious way. It has a certain je ne sais quoi where you can tell they had a lot of fun making it. Yeah, I agree. And when that bleeds through onto the screen you know you're into you're onto something special you can't help but have a good time you can't help but have a good time i I, it's ear to ear smile from me i watch it every year whether you think it's a christmas movie or not watch it whenever you want it still works charles i mean i completely agree i'm gonna ask you guys actually a question as my thingy just quickly seven um, inches top three (laughs) (laughs) top three uh action movies of all time because we're on the subject because for me, it is Terminator 2, Die Hard The and Matrix, T2. and Die Hard. I don't think that's a terrible top three at all. Like, for me, that's... that's you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd need to have like a proper sit-down think, think before I was yeah, able yeah. to contradict well, okay, that Okay, what list. are you thinking right now at the top of your head? But they were all movies that redefined the genre. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's why I'm definitely... Like, those sort of three. Yeah. They, yeah, they are the first three. Like, literally, as you were saying, it was like, those were the three that just came mm. to my mind. So um, there are other ones, you know. But yeah, of course. Now. Those mm. definitely, definitely. But yeah, they're the ones. Yeah, I just think it's just watertight, perfect, fucking cinema, just action. It's, it's you know, what you sign up for if you want an action movie. This is fucking it. This is the pinnacle. It's, it's a smart action film. It's smart as well. It's really smart. It's got character. It's character driven as well as action. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like uh, there's not much I can say. Than I've already said. It was it's nominated just, for four Oscars. It's incredible. Also, they spent Damn. 130 grand on glass alone. <laughs> there's a lot of glass. There's a lot of glass. That feels <laughs> like more than they spent on the entirety of the movie Glass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It does. It does. <laughs> Yeah, I just think this film's fucking phenomenal. Bruce Willis is fantastic. Everyone's fantastic. The script's watertight. Everything gets called back. I, yeah, I don't know what I could say. One more thing. Yeah. Great, strong woman central character. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I understand agree with that as well. Uh, how about yourself, Luke? What do you think of... Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with you both. All of the points you were saying. I, I really like the, the foreshadowing of like how everything's set up, as you've been saying, how it's all paid off. I can understand where Bruce Willis and Fox are like butting heads being like, nah, it's just an action film set at Christmas, and Fox being like, nah, here's a trailer for the best Christmas film of the year. (laughs) It's like, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, because it is, like, you could take out all the Christmas stuff and you would just have your bog-standard action film, but it's that extra bit that definitely brings the the family element to it, it definitely brings, because it changes it from just a film about oh, he needs to save his wife and to a film about he needs to save his family, he needs to save his wife and stop the baddies because for Christmas. It's like a big Christmas present. Wrap the bow. Smile. Good times. Good times had by us. Definitely. Sean, thank you for coming on yet again. What are you plugging this time? Oh, what am I plugging? As always, if you like top pop culture content, Check out Full Fat Videos on YouTube. My boy Matt Whittle. (laughs) Mad love. If you like top quality podcast content, I uh, I recommend this podcast, but you already know about it because you're listening to it right now. Brilliant. You have excellent taste oh. and incredible eyebrows. Um, 
I, I, what else am I plugging? I'm not plugging anything. I've got, no, I've got an EP coming out in January. Hi. So uh, I'll get that linked in for you guys. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Artwork. Please, just, yeah, I just got the artwork the other day. Please Ooh. show me. It looks like my face. Fantastic. <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful face. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and great eyebrows. <laughs> very good. Uh, that's it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And Charlie, where can they find us if they so desire to do so? They can find us on Twitter at Fave Films Awful. They can find us on Instagram, your favorite films awful, and Facebook, your favorite films awful. You can also find us on YouTube, your favorite films awful, with 10 minute clips of, you know, of the podcast. Check them out. Please like, share, subscribe. Yeah, give us all those comments. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, because that way we can improve. And wouldn't that just be the best for everyone? Yeah. Listener, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs>